You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Always aggravated. A Mike Valenti signature podcast. All right, so this week on Always Aggravated, it's a potpourri, as they say, on Jeopardy. Uh, We will discuss a quick question about Father's Day and what dads really want. We also are going to celebrate Brett Hull because, well, he sure celebrated. And then a deep dive into the Anthony Davis trade. I'm going to play out some scenarios. Don't get excited, Roberto. It's not that type of role-playing. But it's going to be a good one. Lock in. It's up next. It's always aggravated. All right, so we are ready to roll. A little rare Monday taping. Uh, Schedules dictated this, but we will get down the line into the Anthony Davis stuff. That'll probably be, Roberto, where you prop up and uh, take a little nap or you glaze over. But I've got some scenarios to play out with Sully and David, but I I wanted to start on the heels of Father's Day. Uh, David, father of two. Roberto, father of two. Uh, I am not a dad. Sully doesn't think he is, but there, <laughs> Come on. We'll, we'll see. There was that Vegas situation a few oh, years ago. The point I'm There's made, been all right. plenty of crazy situations. Everybody right? calm down. The point, well, I'm sure she would have reached out by now. Now, now listen, let's, <laughs> let's just settle down. I, I have a question about Father's Day for these two, Mikey. And families, they always try to do this unbelievably nice stuff for dad unless you're a deadbeat scumbag. They try to do nice stuff for you. And I and I don't know what it may be, but Roberto had a rough, rough weekend. He got ambushed hosting a, a PTO event at the house Friday night. I, I had no idea what his Father's Day was going to be, but then he comes in. And David, I still haven't asked you about it, but Roberto comes in, he goes, oh yeah, it was a, it was a, you know, we had a nice time. It was a big day. We went out to Top Golf, and we had the in-laws and we had the kids and, you know, I, I, I had a couple few too many Mai Tais, and I took a swing and <laughs> fell into the net. <laughs> I could just see Roberto going right over the edge. The, the point is, it was this big time of it. Now, now before I ask my question, it's important, David, Father's Day, mm-hmm. what happened? Just got over, went over to my grandparents' house, just enjoyed my dad and uh, my grandfather. We just enjoyed dinner, that's all. Okay, simple. Nothing major, simple. All right, good. So let me ask this question. Because guys like Sully and I, we don't have to deal with this stuff. Families do these events and do these things for dad. Don't you really just want to be left the fuck alone? Yes. Like, Uh. yeah, see, that's what Uh. I thought. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't you rather, listen, honey, kids, love you all, you're a blessing, yada, yada, yada. Daddy just wants solitude. Dad wants to go hide in a corner, preferably in a closed room. And just indulge in the silence. Isn't that really what you want? That would be nice. Um, but I'll be honest, the way we do our Father's Day, I kind of get that. They kind of leave us in a room. They make our plate. And we sit. We watch TV. I watch TV with my dad, my who's, grandfather. Who's they? My wife, my grandmother, my mom, mm. kids, all oh, that stuff. D- David taking it back to 1960. No, they, they, <laughs> they, they make our plate. They leave us in the room to watch TV, so and was, they do what they're, they do this. So thing. it's almost like a men's jamboree. <laughs> yeah, kind of. This is That sounds on. great. Yeah, actually, hold on. Yeah, they're, okay, sure thing, Don Draper. No, that I, sounds I, nice and relaxing. You da- don't have to clean, don't have to cook. No. Nope. Okay, so this is kind of like David having his cake and eating it, too. The family gets to feel good that they did something for him. 
But in reality, it's all self-serving. It's David, Grandpa, Dad, mm -hmm. TV, and they all bitch about their wives for a couple of no, hours. No, we don't do uh, that. Very exciting. No, we don't do that. We just watch sports. We watch... Uh, you watched golf yesterday? We did not watch that. My dad oh, had to go to work. Oh, come on. No, my dad had to go to work, I so we kind of just... I know what that's about. Because <laughs> Tiger was on it. There it is. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. My dad had to work, so we kind of sped things up a little because we wanted to be able to enjoy Father's Day with him. Who's this Woodruff character? I'm and, out. So I, we were, I was gone home to watch the golf for myself. I was good with that. Okay. Now, Roberto, your day. Was it anything like David's? Uh, No. It was... It was nice. I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen. It's yeah. Not. Would I like to? Would I love to have a nice breakfast with the family and then have them say, "All right, go listen to your records. Go to a he, record store or do whatever the hell you want to do." Yeah, that would be awesome. So that but, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, hold on. And and for the sake of the sanctity of your marriage, I'm going to insert this comment here. Roberto is not knocking his day in any way. This is important. It, your day could still be good, mm -hmm. but good and ideal are two different things. <laughs> yes, it is. Your ideal would be, leave me alone. I've got some unbelievable Toto B-sides to indulge in. Right. I want to be left alone. Right. And you would go to a, you would listen to your records. You would go to a record store. Right. It would not involve kids or wife. Well, no. Unless oh, okay. they wanted to tag along. No, 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 no. I can't tell on this one with Roberto. I can't because I, I usually, I, usually I can tell. But Roberto also came in today and he goes, "Sully, man, I went to Top Golf yesterday, dude. It was actually so much no, fun. No, it was really great. So yeah. I can't tell what it, what if he actually liked Wait, it or, or not or what. My wife, my mother-in-law, they made a fantastic breakfast. Well, then so we went to. The uh, Let's hear about. We it. had some a couple different quiches. We had oh, my favorite. My. Uh, the uh, fresh mozzarella with tomatoes. Uh, um, some nice fruit medleys, you know. Very nice, very nice. You know? So then, but like, here's the thing though. J even if it's with the family or whatever, going to Top Golf and hitting golf balls is way better than my normal Sunday, which would be <laughs> cutting the grass, <laughs> doing house chores, cleaning. You well, know what plus, I mean? So plus, here's the other I thing. I'll keep my mouth shut. Top Golf's got a full bar, which is right, right in your wheelhouse. Essential. No, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's essential. Why do I just see Roberto trying to pipe one <laughs> to the fence? I did. He, I did pretty good. And he I, corkscrews I himself, blows an ankle out, and yeah. falls into the support <laughs> netting. Uh -huh. That would keep him from falling to his death. No, uh -huh. you know what the thing is? Because we, we went there one time, and um, the same thing happens this time when I went there. Like With kids especially, if you're not behind that, that line they give you, I see somebody's going to get their head cracked And open, they are man. very clear about that disclaimer, too. Because yeah, yeah. they say it every time. Hey, if you fall in the net, we legally have to call the fire department. Oh, so, my God. So they, no, they say they're very pay. clear. They're no, very I'm, saying the, fire I'm saying the back line. Removing Roberto from the netting. I'm saying the back line. Oh, for the back swing. For somebody, yeah, oh. somebody walking into your back swing and getting their head cracked open. Now, they give that disclaimer every time. <laughs> it's crazy, no. man. Now, now, quick question, then I, I want to move from this. We have a lot of ground to cover today. Um, Sully, does it annoy you when you see bad golfers like Roberto at Top Golf? <laughs> does that the bother you? Great question. It absolutely does not at Top Golf, but if it's on the course, oh, it, it, the worst. When someone's taking up the course, they're <laughs> being slow. And then if you look, if you want to go out there and you're not that good and you're playing slow, fine. But you got to be, you got to be aware, aware that there's people behind you and let them play through. I agree. So at Top Golf, no, that's the point of it. You're having fun. You're drunk. Whatever. People don't have to love golf, but on the course, absolutely. But, now, but, that but does. you got to agree too that like 
those kind of places it's supposed to be fun yeah you're yes. drinking like you can't go there and seriously think that's going to improve your game and you're bringing oh, your own clubs no, and you're wearing your that. shoes and all that bring bullshit. their own clubs I've had friends to do that and you I don't always, need to they got everything right there I always make fun of them like dude I'm not bringing my own clubs I'm not taking it that seriously they got glasses on. they got ice they got vodka <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they got nice good they got food. tater everything yeah. you need hey. now um, all right, uh, let's get into this because it's a good transition from Roberto Sunday at Top Golf, which probably looked a lot like the Brett Hall's last week. <laughs> so a little bit. you wanted to present this. <laughs> Brett Hall, a legendary St. Louis Blue, legendary NHLer, Hall of Famer. Brett Hall has been partying. Before the Blues won the Cup, after the Blues won the Cup. Sully, give the people a little color here, but we wanted to celebrate Brett Hall living his best life. You have a yeah, list of the top on 20 drunk moments in sports history. Please. Yeah, Bleacher Report, top 20 drunk, you know, the best drunk moments in sports over the years. Some of these I think you guys will be able to guess off the top of your head beforehand. But if you want to go through some of these here, number 20, curious if you guys have even heard this one. Gary Payton gets drunk, convinces Allen Iverson to stop practicing, and then AI has the infamous... We talking about practice speech because he didn't think it's important. I've never, in all my life, what? never heard yeah. this. <laughs> Have you what? heard that? Now give us some color on that. Yeah, so according to Peyton, he and Iverson were out knocking back some drinks one summer night when the Sixers guard asked him his secret to career longevity. Peyton told him his coach didn't let him practice. Iverson took that literal as gospel and proceeded to follow the words and the advice and that led to the infamous practice rant. Never heard it. Had no go. idea there was a Never backstory there. It. Yeah, I didn't either. Plus, I, I really don't think Allen was going to take that much liquor to not practice. Like, right. I just don't. Iverson never struck me as a guy that would need that type of convincing. Wow. Hey, Gary, what's the secret to longevity? Eh, quit practicing. All right, cool. Let Next. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump ahead to uh, 18. Kenneth Fareed talks about his junk. Do you guys remember this, TMZ? The Manimal? No. Yeah. The Manimal. Kenneth Fareed was a, what was it, Moorhead State? <laughs> yep, I believe the, so. The Nuggets, of Hold course. On. Well, when did he talk about his junk? The, I'm looking at it right now. The TMZ video says, he says, my dong is huge. <laughs> <laughs> because he was drunk in Hollywood, and he was talking about him being on the body issue uh, years oh, ago. Oh, for ESPN, the magazine. Yeah. yeah. You know, fun note, I once played blackjack with Kenneth Fareed. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. I was in Vegas. Uh, he was in a very aggressive tank top and was having a real good time. Wow. That's all I, I, that's oh, all that's I will fantastic. say. That's fantastic. He has a right to his privacy. I'm not going to say <laughs> certain things that took place there, but I will tell you it was very uh, colorful language. Enjoy yourself, Kenneth. Uh, he, he was living his best life, and I didn't bother him and d do any of that. I just was like, wait. Is that Kenneth Fareed? Because <laughs> like, I'm an NBA geek. I'm the only guy on earth who probably recognizes Kenneth Fareed at the win. But yeah, it, it was wild. Mm. Uh, speaking of Vegas, if you want to get away, relax, simply have a good time. How about the D, Las Vegas? Everything you need. We're talking about drunk moments in sports. How about Roberto at the Long Bar? The D, completely renovated. You can enjoy all the comforts of Vegas without spending a ton of money on a room. You could see Roberto in a blazer with no shirt underneath it at the bar, <laughs> 3 a.m., talking vinyl. And the D has got Circa Sports now open at the Golden Gate Hotel and Casino right down the street from the D. What is that considered? Sister property or whatever it is? Whatever. Bottom line. Circa Sports mobile app. You download it. Uh, right now, they're taking entries. 
for the Circus Sports Million Pro Football Contest provides a $1.5 million guarantee. No rake, 100% payback, 50K quarterly payouts. It's sports betting the way it used to be. And of course, the D Sports Book is going live, grand opening this week. You want to learn more? CircusSports.com. You want to check out the D? The D.com. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. It's your home for sports in Vegas. Michael, more of the drunk sports moment. Well, tell me if you remember this one. Bob Huggins gets slammed oh, and, God, no. and then teaches basketball <laughs> at a youth Nike basketball clinic in 2012. <laughs> so he showed up slurring his words, swaying back and forth, and dropping F-bombs in front of kids, a large audience of players, parents, and observers. Was this, was this, and by the way, you ever wonder why Bob Huggins never got bigger jobs? Was this before or after he vomited all over himself driving drunk like a complete sociopath? Yeah, this is 2012, so that would have been, I, I don't even know. Double it check. It seems like beforehand. Double check. Threw up all over himself. Yeah, was yeah. that when he was still coaching at Cincinnati? It might be. David, yeah, it that all would have been before, together. That would have been before this. Huggins has got some some issues. I'll tell you, West Virginia had the, has the market cornered. Between Huggins doing this and then Dana Holgerson getting kicked out of a casino, <laughs> I mean, your basketball and football coach are partiers. Number 15. Ricky Davis, remember him? Of course. Yeah. Of of the I'm going to miss a shot at the wrong hoop on purpose so I can get the rebound and get a triple double. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and this story is about a triple double actually. Hungover miracle. He drank the bar's entire tequila supply with his entourage, oh. then messed around and nearly put up a triple double the next day. This is told on Bill Simmons' podcast. He tells it oh. uh, often. Sometime in the early 2000s, a trainer with the Grizzlies went out for a night in the town with Davis, then with the Grizzlies. According to the trainer, Davis and his entourage gulped down 19 bottles of Patron tequila. And then the day after, Davis went out and nearly put up a triple-double. I don't know how he functioned. I don't know how you play basketball hungover. How do you do it? How do you do anything hungover? How do you do it? You can't. I don't know how he did that. Wow. Yeah, I have a problem just, you know. Getting dressed, I can imagine. <laughs> Roberto attempts to put a sock on, rolls back into bed. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Now, there's a couple other here leading up to the top ten. You had the U.S. women's soccer team showing up drunk to the Today Show, stuff like that. Wade Boggs, 64 beers over the course of a flight from New York to the West Coast. That's only like five what? hours. Yeah, that's, I, that, that doesn't even make sense. What? Okay, so let's do the math. 64, what, divided by... Four and five was at yeah. 12? twelve. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, and you got to figure beers an hour. Figure it was a six-hour flight. It's chartered. <laughs> They'll serve you booze yes. when you're on the tarmac. Oh, yes. So give them a full six hours. Sure. Six hours, sixty beers. You got three hundred and sixty <laughs> minutes to knock out sixty beers. Do the math. It's it's to me that's impossible. I don't care if you're drinking just standard light domestics, oh, whatever it is. Still, I can't drink on planes. Like, I'll have one to take the edge off, but I'll tell you, the worst headache of my life, and the pressure had something oh, to do yes. with it. Yeah. I was on a flight, this was probably almost 20 years ago, and this is, God, this is pre-9-11, so we brought a bottle of Crown on the plane, and we were serving multiple rows. And it was for a bachelor party, and, you know, I had a buddy who got married very young, and, you know, like, that was what we went on I'm a sure flight. it was a great time, uh, but before what you're about to tell, I'm, I'm well, sure. I, it just felt like what I imagine a brain tumor feels like. It's just like my head was engulfed by just pain. Mm. It was awful. And I, I just, people get ripped on airplanes, and I always go yep. back to that night. 
just a little two and a half hour flight. And I'm telling you, the pain, the headache I got. I go, what is happening? Mm -hmm. What happened here? It was awful. And the thought, by the way, the thought of bringing a fifth of alcohol onto an airplane in today's world. You have to sneak it. You can't you can't bring a whole bottle. Yeah. Impossible. Impossible. But we had it. The 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 flight attendants played along. They didn't care. We were Which oper- is cool. We were operating a full blown bar. Then <laughs> it does hit you a lot quicker. Oh, there's something about it. As they come by, would you like anything? Nope, we're good. No, we're we're all set. Would you like one? <laughs> Roberto's over here, literally like erect, thinking about that situation. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. You hear too, Mike, where you, you'll always hear. It seems like every year, hey, the uh, a bunch of bunch of again. bunch of Red Sox fans took the flight down to Houston to see the team play the Astros, and they yeah. and they they drank the entire plane. Don't out know of how booths. they do it. I don't. I don't enjoy it at all. But then again, see, I'm dead inside. It's all over. <laughs> for me. Things have... I'm just dead. <laughs> Alright, next. Number six, drunk fan steals a ball from Brett Favre on the field in 2005. <laughs> oh, Minutes to go, yeah. Favre was attempting to lead his team Let back when a drunken this. fan slipped onto the field, took the ball out of his hand. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Look at this. <laughs> video's the best. I can't help it, but like, at that point, what do you even say? You know what? You're gonna get arrested. You've got a story for a lifetime, and for that guy, I hope it was worth it. At least you did something (laughs) remarkable. You stole a ball from a quarterback during a live football game. That is good. I mean, you'd have to be really lit, man. Oh, of course. When you make that decision, there's no going back. (laughs) No going back. You say, never mind, I'm okay, let me go back. No, no, no. And no no one in your party is stopping you? I'm going to take this ball from Brett Favre. Watch me. Some drunken bet, I'm sure. Top three ones really interesting. David Wells half drunk perfect game. Oh yes. I mean, D- David Wells only, like, only twenty three. Well, at the time it's probably more now. Point is, not many people have thrown a perfect game, but David Wells threw a perfect game against the Twins in nineteen ninety eight with monster breath and a raging skull rattling hangover. Wells had been up all night partying at an SNL cast party and managed three or less hours of sleep before having to report. To the stadium for the game. Doesn't He's say like how that. much he drank. Or say actually does. A fifth or so of booze by himself. He was like that pitcher in Major League. What was his name? The old guy. <laughs> the old guy? Yeah, that he would Eddie? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where he, he drank goes, Pedro's rum. Yeah, he goes, fuck you, Joe Boo. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and he pounds the rum. He uses preparation age no, on the ball. You know what's funny? I and I, I I don't know why. I have always had such a soft spot for David Wells. He's, mm-hmm. He was just such a grinder. And I know he did some goofy stuff with wanting to wear Babe Ruth's jersey. And, yeah. You know, but like David Wells was just one of those guys. He was a lot like Andy Pettit for me. You drop David Wells in a spot, he's going to perform for it. He will grind his way through. He doesn't have his stuff. It doesn't matter. He, No one really – you look back, David Wells was a lot better than people realize. David Wells, he, he was a Yankee I always liked. Liked him as a Blue Jay, liked him as a Yankee. Just a red ass, a grinder. I, that's, I don't know. who can, I know you guys are looking at me like, who gives a shit? Move on. <laughs> no, Whatever. You. My bad. Number uh, Quickly, number two before we all know what number one is. Fuzzy Thurston, legendary guard for the Packers, before the 1967 Ice Bowl, it was 15 below zero, he drank 10 vodkas, proceeded to win an NFL championship. Nice. I mean, at that point, with that level of cold, I'm going to just say you do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't know what to say. But again, that's alcoholism. Oh, yeah. Correct, Roberto? No, I'd say absolutely not. Oh, That's normal, yeah. (laughs) Just trying to stay warm. 
10 vodkas and plays a football game. 15 vodkas. Bet he was warm. What are you, insane? <laughs> Number one was one of the most oh, surreal yeah. things I've ever seen. This is I want to kiss you. <laughs> I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. He had his goggles Struggling. On. No, it was Joe, Joe Namath and Susie Colbert. So good. So terrible. Like, oh. it just, was that not one of the more surreal sports oh. moments? Like, we have Joe Namath here. <laughs> how does a PA, a producer, how does somebody not right. smell him or notice oh. him hammered? And they allow him to go on television. I've always marveled at that. Like he's going in for a kiss. He's leaning oh, yeah. in. Well, and they... poor Susie Cole. I thought she handled that as well as she could. With she's a, she's trying a pro, to thank you. Know, thanks, Joe. Pro. Let's make it lighthearted. She handled it well. But. She's a pro's pro, and that no, you know that is so uncomfortable. Nobody deserves that. <laughs> and, and again, didn't he check into rehab after that? I think he yeah. did. Yeah, because yeah. he says here that he had been drinking all day before the game. You're kidding. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I want right. to kiss you. So he Here's the interesting part. Growing up, Giants preseason games and Jets preseason games were on tape delay. Now, we're going way back. We're going late 80s, early 90s. So, Joe Namath would do the Giants versus Jets game, would be the only one that wasn't tape delayed. Mm. And Namath would do, not the play-by-play, do the color. And if you're if you're asking me to wager money on this... <laughs> I will tell you he was tuned up for all of those games. Because, <laughs> oh. like, you could talk to Big G about this. But he, he, he every time, like, there'd be, like, a three-yard run. Nice play. Nice play. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, now looking back, now it's not Joe Namath just being a football player who might be a little slow later on in life. I think Joe Namath was probably fucked up for those games because they were preseason. <laughs> yeah. He's a legend. He's partying. And he goes, you see over here, the slot receiver. That's just nice play. Nice play. <laughs> it's just now what you look guy. back. I want to get the tape of those games <laughs> and have you guys watch them. But he he sounded like he was partying because he, he wasn't your normal color analyst, they'd be like, all right, Broadway, tell us what's going on. Well, you see here, this guy's in Cape. Nice play. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is so scary. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God, that is so scary. Well, a moment to talk to you about our good friends over at Coppercraft Distillery. That's right, Holland, Michigan. Guys, if you haven't tried Coppercraft yet, I'm telling you, you you owe it to yourself to at least try it. I've had plenty of the products myself. My friends have had it. Everyone loves it. Now, whatever your drink of choice is, whether it's vodka, whether it's gin, whether it's whiskey, and of course, their award-winning bourbon, man, it's really good. But give Coppercraft a try. And of course, when you're at Comerica Park, Right Field Bar, Coppercraft Distillery Bar. I actually got some texts for some people this weekend. Text me, hey, Sully, I'm at Coppercraft Bar. This is really good. Check it out when you're at Comerica Park. And it's a great way to experience Coppercraft Distillery for yourself. Also online, coppercraftdistillery.com. Don't forget their social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. They're all over that. Coppercraft Distillery, Holland, Michigan. they got a great team out there. Brandon, Kim, everyone does a fantastic job. Coppercraft Distillery, never when it's young, only when it's ready. All right, so we got to do it. Um, I've got so many thoughts, and this is kind of where Roberto may pull a a Wade Boggs and knock out twelve or fourteen <laughs> beers, but let 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 all of a sudden we're we're gonna hear Roberto from the background. Nice trade. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. But the Anthony Davis trade happened. 
Of course, it happened on a Saturday because they don't care about radio content. Um, but I, I guess where we'll start is this. I think New Orleans has executed one of the greatest trades in NBA history. Now, look, I normally I'm a big believer, like most people with a brain, if you get the best player in a trade, you won the trade. But this, I think this is different. Anthony Davis is a player who said, I am not staying, taking all of their leverage away, right? Anthony Davis is a guy who is in his prime, but didn't have a ton of suitors. Now, I've talked about what should have happened, where teams should have gone all in, pulled a Masai Ujiri. Like if I'm Denver, I'm offering Jamal Murray. I'm offering some young assets. I'm getting in this mix, and I'm going to try to win a championship. They didn't do it. They didn't make Murray available. The Celtics, Kyrie gone. Danny Ainge did the right thing. He didn't make Tatum available. So first and foremost, for New Orleans to even get what we deem to be a market deal, would be a stroke of genius by David Griffin. But see, that's not what New Orleans got here. New Orleans got the mother load. And I'm going to explain because this this happens now. People don't pay attention to the details. The details are in these picks and the protections on them. And we'll get to it in a minute. But answer me this question. Because I have a conspiracy theory. And I always save the good conspiracies for the pot. First of all, can you name me a single team who the Lakers we're negotiating against the land, Anthony Davis. Can you name one? Can anyone name one? Who the fuck were they bartering against? Seriously. No, not really anyone. No, 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 right? No. Yeah. So, so answer for me how they pay this price of Lonzo Ball, more on him later, Brandon Ingram, more on him later, Jason Hart, what, 4,000 4, first-round picks, including the number four overall pick in this draft, for a player who is going to test free agency, even if he stays in L.A., but he will test it, you'll have to sweat a little bit, right? Help me with this. Who were they even trying to outbid? Because I don't, I don't know that there was anyone. So you'll go, well, why do you have a conspiracy about that? Mm-hmm. You ready? David Griffin, LeBron James... Rich Paul. The conspiracy is this. Wow. Well, hold on. Well, I mean, I got. No, I, I, I'm just uh-huh. hearing those three names. I'm not. Everything's. Yeah, it's kind of myself. It's running in my head. Connect the dots here. Mm-hmm. LeBron openly tampered for AD. Right. LeBron embarrassed himself this year. Rich Paul tried to execute a power play since late January, early February. Mm-hmm. Made it really, really ugly. But by doing it, it cost Magic and Dell Demps. Their jobs. Now, with them out of the way, Rich Paul is executing the Lakers side along with LeBron James. Rich Paul is LeBron's best friend or second bestie to Mav Carter, right? David Griffin was a favorite of LeBron James. David Griffin and LeBron have a relationship. David Griffin was wronged by the Cavs by not having his contract renewed. David Griffin is now the president of basketball operations of the Pelicans. David Griffin, LeBron James, Rich Paul, tell me that this deal wasn't made as much about optics as anything else. That both parties needed to take care of each other. That David Griffin would ensure, LeBron, I'm going to hook you up. You hook me up a little bit. Rich Paul gets taken care of and looks validated. Everybody gets what they want. And you know what nobody can say? Nobody can vilify LeBron. 
Nobody can vilify David Griffin. You gave away AD. No, you didn't. Nobody can vilify LeBron and go, oh, this is a ripoff. This is a steal. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. This is actually a deal that works for both sides, even though I think the Pelican side is far superior. More on that in a minute. My conspiracy is simple. Everybody and her mother knew AD was going to end up in L.A., but with no market for AD. With Rich Paul and LeBron so aggressively trying to get him there, something had to happen here where the Lakers overpaid because they didn't bid against anybody. If, if the Lakers go and go, look, we'll give you Brandon Ingram in the number four, you're not getting Lonzo, what are the Pelicans going to say? Oh, yeah, well, we'll trade him to Boston for uh, e- fart noise. What? They weren't making Tatum available. Denver wasn't making Jamal Murray available. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Am I crazy thinking that? No, I never really thought of it like that, to be honest with you. Now, I thought of it from the standpoint of, is it it kind of a win-win for both sides? Do they both make out well? But I I guess I didn't think about the David Griffin angle of it to that level in terms of... The only thing I thought was, oh, you know, David Griffin, now he's in, in New Orleans. It's his first thing he did. Cool. I never really connected the dots like that. I never did either. Now, this is so sexy. Then. Yeah, all right. I, ne- I never did it's either. It's interesting. But now, connecting those dots and understanding a story that I read of where David Griffin was when the trade went down, he was in Napa with his wife, just enjoying life. Why would you just be in Napa when a I big think, trade is going down? I think the trade was done a week ago. I, I do too. And I think he was comfortable. He knew what they were getting. He was great with everything because things were set up the way you're saying they were probably set up. Let me tell you something. If I'm David Griffin, David Griffin right now presides over one of the three best jobs in basketball mm. from a franchise, roster, asset, future point of view. Napa, that man should be straight on to the moon. David Griffin, by hook or by crook, here, let, let, let's do the Lakers side and get this out of the way because I think the Lakers side's the quick side. Then we'll get to David Griffin. The Lakers, it's a success if they win a championship. It's a devastating failure if they don't. That's it. That's all. And I think they have a two-year window. Yep. I really Well, well it's a one-year window with AD for sure, but, mm-hmm. but let's assume AD stays. It's a two-year window because I'm sorry. I could see LeBron going revenge tour this year mm-hmm. and emptying the toothpaste out of the tube this year. But beyond it, oh, yeah. I can't give him more than one more year where he's high-level enough to be a number 2 on a championship team. Now, a lot of people are going to go, well, the Lakers have 25 mil, 27 mil. No, they don't. Anthony Davis is a $4 million trade kicker. Yes, he does. He's not giving that up. Clutch Sports isn't giving that up. The Lakers really have like 23 mil. So people go, well, just go get Kyrie or just go get Kemba. Well, hmm. time out. Do you really believe you're getting those guys for that money? I don't. And second of all, because I've already heard this now, oh, LeBron's building Miami West. Hmm. When you go back to 2010, you had a different LeBron James. You had LeBron in his prime. You had D. Wade in his prime. And you had Chris Bosh in his prime. You don't have that here. You have AD in his prime. You have LeBron and I'll be kind because mm-hmm. I don't want Sully to slap me. <laughs> End of prime entering over Hill State. You're right. He, he can still okay. play elite basketball, but it's getting to the point where he can only do it for so much longer. Right. And the other thing you don't have, this Laker roster, you don't have anybody. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have pieces. So I don't know how they're getting the third piece. And this is where the Lakers are probably going to screw this all up. What the Lakers should do is look to be shrewd. Take the 23 mil. Find a way to turn that into three players. Find a way to make a team. Mm-hmm. Complementary pieces here. Multiple wing shooters. Yes. Instead, let's say they go with Kemba. I think it'll be a total shit show. I think it'll be an absolute shit show. It'll be three guys and, and then else. nine vet minimum players. And, yeah. and look, I know Kyle Kuzma's still there. Yep. I like Kuz, but let's not get carried away. For the Lakers, they have to win a title. In my mind, they got to win a title this year. I don't know how far beyond this year any of this extends. And when you look at what they traded, remember something. Hey, want to move a contract to get a star? Too bad. You can't. You dealt all your first-round picks. Right. These protections on these picks are so grave. No team will take this on. All the good stuff went to the Pelicans. Well, how are you going to get better? How are you going to add people? What are you going to do? I don't know that they have anything they can do. For right here, right now, I would tell you this. You better get it done this year. You got AD. You can make him a Laker for the next five years. That's fine. Six years. You do what you got to do. But beyond it, I'm not sure how they maneuver. So Lakers side, fine. You want to? I would call what the Lakers did a B. And I know what you're going to say because on this pod I've said it. I think Anthony Davis is the is the only player I can think of in his prime, like big man, traded. Since what? Uh, Kareem. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to say Kawhi, that's fine. You can, but I'm not. He's not a big man. This is this is different. So look, Lakers. I give it a B. New Orleans. It's an A plus 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 plus. Now look, David has a higher opinion of Lonzo Ball than I do, but we do not disagree that Lonzo Ball can still be good. He's, yes, he can. Okay. Like, think about this, guys. Like, all of us. And I mean, even, even Roberto could, could chime in on this one. Think He's asleep of, over there, I think. Think about being 19 years old or mm-hmm. 20 years old. Think about where we were mentally, mm-hmm. what the mistakes we made in life, things yeah. you did, didn't do. Imagine being Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, yep. and you're 20 years old. You're 21 years old. You were playing in a three-ring circus. Now, the Brandon Ingram thing, if he's healthy— with this, what was it, thrombosis or blood blood clots or whatever yeah. it was. I'm assuming, and I think it's a safe assumption, he's healthy. You don't make this kind of trade without the full medical. But I think Lonzo Ball getting away from LeBron, going somewhere where he can actually have the ball. Just play. Just play. Yeah. Play basketball. Mm-hmm. I think there's still an absolute window for Lonzo Ball to be high level. Now, whether it's all-star like David believes or just very good like I believe, whatever. Let's leave it out. You get Brandon Ingram. Now, again, this is the geek squad. This is why we do this on the pod and not the radio. When Brandon Ingram was a focus of the offense, you actually saw those, and please don't kill me for saying this, I'm saying the comparison, that KD-esque comparison, Mm -hmm. being that 6'10", weird kind of, perimeter-oriented, wing, shooter, lanky, long, athletic. You saw it. There was a time where the Lakers were using Brandon Ingram as their point guard. Mm -hmm. Like, you get him out of L.A. now. Now you put him in New Orleans. You have Drew Holiday. 
who's so underrated. Do you understand right now, Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball argue this. They're the best defensive backcourt in basketball. I can't think of anybody else that's above them, so yeah. Think about that. Yeah. So not only, like, again, when you're a bad team and you're trading a star, normally it's about just get assets. We'll figure it out later. Lonzo Ball fits what they're going to do. Lonzo Ball fits Zion Williamson. The lob game, those those outlet passes, the ability to have that type of point guard. And, oh, by the way, a point guard who himself is, what's Lonzo, 6'5"? Yeah. 6'6"? Newsflash. How about Zion lobbing it up to Lonzo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a fit. Drew Holiday can play off the ball. No problems. Lonzo could play off or on. You have an interchangeable backcourt. It fits. Brandon Ingram's now the forward next to Zion. Yeah. It's space. It'll be fun to watch, It's man. pace. And then here's the best part. They have the number four pick, where I want to play some scenarios out with you guys about. But, but before we do it, they got about $23 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle opted out. Mm-hmm. Do you know a player I'm thinking that they could go out and sign that I think would be perfect for this team and isn't a max player but still would get lots of moolah? Think about a center who can shoot the three but yet still has a little bit of an edge to him. Rebounder. Valachunas? No, but you have the right first letter of the last name. Mm, Vujovic. Mm. Oh yeah. R- Roberto just selected a five foot ten player as a center. Thank you. Yeah, your Orlando Magic. No. Yeah. Vujovic. Mm-hmm. What if my starting five is Ball, Holiday, Ingram, mm. Zion, Vooch, and I have the number four pick. Mm. Yeah, and who knows what that that could well, come out to be. No, I'm just making an example of what they could do, not that they will. So there's that. Mm. All right. The number four pick. Work with me on this. What do you do if you're the Pels? Now, if you shop this, you got to tell me what you're shopping for. Everyone has said, look, they think it's a three-player draft where yep. they, of known commodity. Right. Ja, RJ, Zion. Now, it's not a three-player draft that there's only three good players. From about pick number four to pick 15. Just jumbled. There's going to be three or four good players out of there, mm-hmm. but good luck finding them. So, do you take someone at four... Or do you shop for an existing player, but I need a name from you guys, or do you do the unthinkable? Do you move down into the abyss? Start with option one. If you sit at four and you're the Pels, who do you take? See, I was thinking that earlier. Cam Reddish isn't going to go as high as four anymore, is he? I wouldn't touch him. I know you'd, you'd pair Zion with his teammate, but... No, thank you. Uh, well, Big Power's doing it again. Raising rates. Enough's enough. Don't pay their high rates and increases. Pay yourself. Go solar. Power Home Solar makes it easy to switch to solar, hooking you up with battery storage for your installation. When the longer days produce more energy than you use, no problem. You store it. Use it later. It's your power. Own it. Don't rent it. Power Home Solar, number one residential solar provider in the state. One of the top solar installation companies in the nation. And they are right now, they are out and about. They are continuing the movement towards cleaner, greener energy. You want to see if solar's right for you in your home, go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Or you give them a call today, 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your solar consultation today. Don't wrench power. Own it with help from Power Home Solar. So here's some options for you. And David, please feel free. I'm a fan at Culver. 
Jared okay. Culver, two-way player, yeah. can defend, can score a little bit. And guess what? Another long, yes. multi-positional, yes. and oh, by the way, a defender. Yes. You have Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. You have Lonzo Ball. Now you add Jared Culver. Mm-hmm. Now your brand you can really play some now nasty perimeter defense. You're defending and you're going up and down sure. the court offensively. Sure. Now, here's my point to you, though. You better love Jared Culver it's if true. you're taking him four. Mm-hmm. You better love him. I mean, Darius Garland is there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Never can have enough guards. Never can have enough bombers, shooters. I, my point to you would be this. You could take someone there. Everyone right now has said, well, the pick is up for grabs. They're shopping it. Who the hell... Would you trade for the number four pick if you put the shoe on the other foot? You put the shoe on another team. Who the hell am I giving up for number four? Like, you got to love Darius Garland. Or you got to be convinced that Jared Culver or or pick a guy, Cam Reddish, whomever. Right. DeAndre Hunter. You got to be convinced this guy's a franchise player. Who am I giving up? Who? Like, if I'm the, like, like, what? What player? What guy who signed, who's valuable, am I giving up for number four that New Orleans would say yes to? I don't think it'd be as great of a player as people might think for okay. four overall. Okay, no, but that, you I'm have, glad you said it. Because you also, at that point, you have to get a player from another team's perspective. They need they need to be so in love with someone at mm-hmm. four that they think this guy we're taking at four is far better than this guy that's already proven on our roster. Mm-hmm. Or it will speed up our rebuild to a point that this player makes us better now and we can stick with him in the future. Right. I don't know who that player is. I, I, I'm serious. I don't. So here's my question. I said when the lottery happened, we talked a lot about it. I know listeners were, we got some ticket texts going, you're an idiot, Atlanta didn't get what they wanted. Atlanta was in the catbird seat, because if you're not going to get Zion, right, it's totally okay to have multiple top 10 picks in a draft like this. Atlanta's got lottery tickets. They got eight, they got 10, they got 17. Yeah. You know what I would do for number four if I'm Atlanta? If I love a guy, and I feel like the guy I'm going to take it for is the perfect fit for Trey Young. Yep. Now Trey Young is a weird player. We know this. Yes. But they have John Collins. They have the Ginger Mamba and Herder. They have Trey. If they love a guy, this is one that works both ways. New Orleans doesn't love a guy, or number four wouldn't be on board. Right. So if they don't love a guy, all right, I'll take eight. I'll take ten. I'll take seventeen. Sure. Give me lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. Let me let me shake oh, they, it up. If they could get eight and ten, oh, they could that'd absolutely be great. get eight and ten for four. Yes. I'm saying if you're Atlanta, I don't know who the player would be. I don't know if it's Jared Culver. I don't. You, I, Darius Garland in yep. the same backcourt as Trey Young. Not sure that works. I don't think that works. But my point would be, New Orleans in a weird spot with that number four pick. They have options. I still look at moving down. Asset allocation. I don't know who they take it for if they stay. I don't. I'm with David. I think you could take Culver. I just think Garland has a higher upside. I I, I agree with that with his upside. I do. I, I, but but bottom line, that's the first thing they got from the Lakers, right? So we got number four. They're gonna get something. But that isn't all. So now 2021, not next year, two years from now. They have a first-rounder, but it is reverse-protected. Did you catch these protections when this deal came out? Yeah, I did. All right. So the protection on the pick is this. 
Usually, the it's to protect the seller. The reverse protection mechanic protects the buyer. Mm. The only way New Orleans gets the pick is if the Lakers struggle in 2020-21, and the pick ends up in the top eight. So you can imagine the mood in Los Angeles would be sour in their second season of AD LeBron. Point is, New Orleans doesn't want the pick. New Orleans is kicking this can down the curb sure. because as Zion needs an extension, as Lonzo or Brandon Ingram need extensions. They need assets to improve the team, to be mobile. Mm-hmm. So they don't want the pick there. So here's here's where it ends up. More likely than not, the pick's unprotected in 2022. Why is that relevant? Why is 2022 relevant? Isn't that the first high, high school? school? <laughs> you guys are sharp as a tack today. Roberto, how you feeling over there? The, <laughs> the point is... It's smart, man. It could be smart. the first year of it. If it's not that, it's 23. Mm-hmm. But more on that in a second. So now... You're looking at a draft that would be the first one without the one-and-done rule. You've added, I don't know, 8 to 10 impact. Well, nah, let me, let me, let me, let me, that's a little hyperbolic. Four to six impact guys to a draft. Fair? Mm-hmm. Now that could be their pick. So even if all went well, you got 37-year-old LeBron James and the Lakers I mean, you're looking at, let's say it goes well, let's say they got the 22nd, 23rd pick. Now you got a pick that could be in the top 10. Oh, but wait, there's more. Mm -hmm. Even better. They got 2023 swap rights. So now you're four years beyond the the, the freshness date of the trade. You got no idea where you're going to project the Lakers. 38-year-old LeBron, 30-year AD. Where are they? Where are they? You have no idea. Four years ago, finals MVP was Andre Iguodala. He just led the Warriors to the first title of their dynasty. Mm-hmm. Look at how that time space, mm-hmm. we don't know where it is. And then they also have the 2024 first rounder, which is fully and utterly unprotected. So mm-hmm. the Pels have the option to take the pick, or they could defer it till 2025. This is crazy, wow. man. LeBron could be gone. AD could be gone. You have no idea. You would be just starting at the point where Zion would be around extension time. And you have what could be, this could be Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics 2.0. Yeah, that's so so smart, because that was my main question with all of it, was are they getting these picks when the Lakers are competing for titles? And the answer is no. These picks are not. The Lakers have done something now that could impact them for a decade that has a freshness date on it of probably two years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be rude. It's probably two years because they've given away all their maneuverability here. I'll tell you right now, I think David Griffin, however this deal went down, whether it was the Illuminati, whether it was the Lakers being dumb, whether it was LeBron, Griff, Clutch, Rich Paul, we all got to take care of each other here. The bottom line in all of it, I think the Pels executed one of the great trades from a value perspective in the history of the league with all of these parameters in place with a rental player who demanded out no market for him because Rich Paul blew up the market. And to me, I think the Pelicans could easily be a playoff team this year if they do it right. Mm-hmm. I think the Pelicans have created a situation that they can be absolutely um, – a championship-type team. Because mm-hmm. I think Zion's special. 
And I think Ball and Ingram still have capabilities to be special. I, I, this is a remarkable deal for David Griffin. Well, and with the David Griffin conspiracy theory, Mike, here's how it's going to end. 2025, David Griffin drafts LeBron's kid, oh, then, signs, yeah. then signs LeBron to play with his kid, and they oh, all reunite. Oh, get the garlic butter, Roberto, and put it all over <laughs> Sully. 2025. Wow, then LeBron comes back as an assistant. <laughs> yeah. Come on. See, but this is why I'm worried. And then LeBron is an assistant in the NBA, and then leaves oh and goes God. to Ohio State to be the head coach, and he goes against Juwan Howard at Michigan. Yes! Juwan Howard won't be there. Um, oh, boy. But this is why I'm worried on the Lakers side when it comes to Anthony Davis. I, we all know what type of player he is but there's no pressure in New Orleans no there's two-year pressure here and that pressure in LA to win a championship is real he's never been past the first round I believe in the playoffs so when that comes around can he handle this pressure when LeBron is on his back to win a championship pressuring him and the media and the fans and, David, it's year one of a new system. Yes. With new players, new personnel. When you get late into the playoffs in year one of a new system, it matters. that's when you have all the, the little details that matter. It turns into a chess match. Yep. Things go wrong in year ones of systems. They just do. You can't always perfect everything. There's always going to be chemistry issues, getting used to the groove. It's year one. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, as always. Subscribe, review, rate. Radio.com, iTunes, not even Roberto is subscribed yet. Will you please take care of that, All Roberto? Right. And we'll <laughs> we'll get to you next week on Always Aggravated.